welcome to Lake Around Podcast. I'm your host, Ray G, and I'd like to thank you guys for tuning in today. So we fresh off a win against the Charlotte Hornets. I almost forgot real quick. I was about to say, for some strange reason, I was about to say the Bobcats. Y'all, I'm I'm tripping. <laughs> Anyways, we're coming off we're coming off of that win. Um tomorrow we play the Boston Celtics and fans will be in attendance. We lost a game to the Knicks. We won a game against Brooklyn. We got to talk about all of that. But first, Lake Around Podcast is a part of a crossover network. Go ahead and give them a follow at Crossover365. That is on Instagram and also on Twitter. And while you at it, give me a follow on Instagram at Lake underscore Around Pod and on Twitter at RAE underscore G33. There you'll find my live reactions, game reactions, um, news reactions, everything right there. Um, so make sure you go ahead and give me a follow. So let's get right into it. I just want to start this off and talk about this Brooklyn game. I think I'm just going to, you know, talk about the Brooklyn game. We're going to talk about the Knicks game. We're going to talk about the Charlotte game and then, you know, go on from there. This uh, Brooklyn game, that definitely was one of our best wins of the season. They shot well. They defended well. People would say, oh, uh, Brooklyn was injured too. They didn't have any James Harden. But you got a KD and you got a Kyrie, and that's almost a lot more than what the Lakers had because the Lakers don't have any of their stars. You know, their role players stepped up and got the job done. Andre Drummond stepped up, got the job done, had a 20-point game, you know, feasted on the boards as he usually does. Um, Kyle Kuzma was even out of the Brooklyn game. And everybody stepped up, man, next man up mentality. And that's going to get them far as long as they continue to do that. They, you know, pretty much had Brooklyn in hell when it came to defending them. They couldn't do anything that they normally wanted to do. Um, Their rotations was looking good, looking solid. Defensive rotations, that is what I'm saying. KD, they turned KD into a passer. And, you know, there he got a few turnovers. Kyrie got ejected along with Schroeder, which was crazy. The NBA, these these refs, they're they're just they're saying that Dennis kind of waved to Kyrie when he left, and that's pretty much taunting him. So that's why he got kicked out, and then Kyrie kept talking after afterwards. So I don't know, man. These refs, they be they be running wild. They really really do. It's always a, a, a technical or ejection on these big games like that, and it's just like, yo, come on. Like, let's not do that, bruh. But whatever. So they pretty much, like I said, they had a real solid game. And that's something that, you know, everybody, every every person that's watching the game, that loves the game, that studies the game, a fan of the game, you know, when you bring up the Lakers versus the Nets, you got to understand the weaknesses in the Nets. And everybody's on this Nets bandwagon. Like, this team is unbeatable. They're not unbeatable. They have glaring holes their glaring hole is defense and you know you listen to analysts and they say well they're not as bad as they were a few months ago they're still bad I don't care they're not a good defensive team that's their hole they're a small team that's their hole okay they're primarily jump shooting team also so I believe they're cold that that's not going to do good for them they rely a lot on James Harden as you can see because he organized their offense and then, like I said, when it's time to get a bucket, who else 
other than KD and Kyrie, who you know, who else would you want to go out there getting you that bucket? So let's not deny the talent that's on this team. This this is one of the most talented team talented teams that have been assembled, and um, we're we're not gonna deny that. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you guys that that's not true, right? But they are not good on the defensive end, and defense still wins championships. I hang my hat on that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wins championships. We know that. We obviously know that. That's how the Lakers won last year, hanging their hat on the defensive end. I feel like a broken record saying this, but I get so tired of listening to these analysts, man, listening to these sports shows, and they're just, like, praising this team as if this team does not have a weakness, as if this team is unbeatable. And we've seen exactly what the Lakers did. Andre Drummond played on the Cavs. He played on the Lakers. He's 3-0 against the Nets because the Nets inside is so soft they, they can't do anything with it. That was our weakness. Before we got Drummond, that was the Lakers' weakness. You know, we had a soft, you know, we didn't have a great paint presence. And now we do. We addressed that weakness. The Nets didn't. They didn't address that weakness. They, you know, went after the players. They went after whatever. And that's on them. So when it comes to if, are they going to get out of the East, you know, is it going to be a cakewalk? Absolutely not. It's not going to be a cakewalk. You got to think. They're number one team in the East right now. But they're playing. This is not a seven-game series. You know, the playoffs is a different different kind of ball game, y'all. It's tougher. It's slower. You know, it's more fundamental. It's the, the attention to detail is it has to be you have to be laser focused. You know, you can't make so many mistakes, so many mental mistakes because your opponent is going to capitalize off of that in the playoff for sure. I mean, they they normally do it in a regular season, but in the playoffs, everything is magnified. Right. So the fact that the Nets don't have that paint presence, we all know that every team in the East is going to try to walk into the paint. They're going to try to waltz into the paint. And that's how they're going to try to take the Nets down. Now, you can sit here and say, well, they can counter and put DeAndre Jordan. We we would have to see. You know, chemistry is a thing. You would have to get him back in there and see how he would fit in with the team. See how, you know, it will work out. But even then, I'm, I still find that a weakness, bro. Like, I still find that as their weakness. So, as you can see... Drummond did his thing against them. He he really did. The 20 points and was doing his thing. That we got that win, right? So I'm thinking, okay, if we could beat the Nets, they you know, I know KD just coming off of KD still KD, still can shoot, still can score. He can still do all that stuff. So I'm thinking, okay, we gotta go get this win against the Knicks. We gotta get this win against the Knicks. And we go to the Knicks and they come out flat. And I'm like, yo. You can go go into Brooklyn and be hyped and be ready to play and get this win, but we come into the Knicks flat. Like we come into the Knicks flat. Granted, granted, the Knicks are a better defensive team. You know their coach Tibbs, and you know he hangs his hat on defense. This is what he does. So I knew that coming in, we wasn't gonna like waltz, and this is just gonna be an easy win. You know the Knicks are doing their thing this year. But I felt like this is a winnable game. And I think that Frank Vogel, our coach, kind of messed this one up. I don't I wouldn't even say kind of. He did. He messed this one up. The Knicks game plan was pretty much to pack the paint on us. So Drummond 
couldn't do anything. As soon as he got the ball, they're swarming him, and that pretty much caused him to turn the ball over or he had to take a tough shot and he couldn't, you know, he couldn't get his his normal production. And that was the same thing with Trez. So my thing is this. What was irritating me the most was that when he had Trez in, you got Taj Gibson. Taj Gibson is a glass eater. He's an energetic big. He's, you know, he plays really big. And you got to box him out. And you really, it'll be hard to put somebody smaller on Taj. I don't know exactly how tall Taj is or anything like that. But I think that when you have a center like a Taj Gibson, you need to put a Mark Gasol, a more taller, t- I'm not even going to say tougher because that's a, that's an insult to Trez. And I'm not, I, I understand he's not, you know, he ain't no pushover. Let's just say that. But he's shorter. He's a smaller, he's a small ball center. And and Taj pretty much was just, everybody was just shooting over Trez, like shooting over him. Floaters, bank shots, literally just shoot, just walking in the paint and shooting over him. And what did Frank do? Now, anybody else would say, okay, you got Mark Gasol sitting over there. Mark Gasol, the seven footer, he don't even got to jump. But they can't just shoot over him like that. He's seven foot. You know what I'm saying? Defensive player of the year. You feel me? And he's smart. You know they're not gonna get these easy shots that they're getting on. Trez on Mark just because he's bigger. He's just bigger in general. So I'm thinking like, yo, why are you not putting Mark in? I, I don't understand it. Why why are we just letting them get the rebounds? Because like, they was gobbling up. We got out rebounded. We shouldldn't get out rebounded when you have Andre Drummond and you have Montrez Harrell and you have Mark Gasol. You should not get you should not get out rebounded. And I'm like, dude, if this is not Trez's game. It's not his game. You got to go to your matchups. And I hope this is not something he does in the playoffs. I know that, you know, he elevates. Frank elevates in the playoff also. Let's give him that credit. He, you know, he does his thing in the playoff. He coaches his ass off. We've seen that. But I'm just sitting right here and I'm like, why are we not putting Mark in? Why is Mark still sitting on the bench? Why? We could use his passing right now. If they want to play zone against us, you can, Mark could find a way out of that. You know what I'm saying? Why, as a matter of fact, use both of them. Use Trez and use Mark. Like I said before in the podcast before, throw them both in there at the same time. Put Mark on a five on defense and Trez on the offense. On the, I mean, on a four on defense. And switch it. Put put Trez on, on a five on offense and Mark on a four on offense and let him roam the paint because he could pull the big out. He could pull the big out. And Trez will be able to work, or Trez can use his speed and be be able to go ahead and score. They won't be able to pack the paint. They can't pack the paint, cause then Trez can read, boom, throw it out to Mark, and it'll just be, you know, they'll do their thing. So I'm sitting here the whole game, and I'm just trying to figure that out. And I'm like, okay, well, why why we don't got Ben McLemore anymore? Because let's see, we need his shooting. We've seen at the Nets, he started off kind of cold, but he needs some opportunities. And I think that one thing about Frank is he kind of caters. It comes off to me as if a, if a player's not having a good game, he don't yank them and be like, sit down. He keeps rolling with them, and he rolls with them too long. And I'm like, okay, you're throwing the game away at this point. You should have been have. As soon as Mark got on the floor, oh, we went on a run. 
Mark came in, hit a three. Mark came in, hit a two. Mark passing the ball. Mark's defending, stripping the ball. Like, what do you, what does he have to do in order for you to see that he's playing and he's all about the team? Like, I don't think Mark Gasol should be getting any DMPs at all, not unless he hurt. Other than that, you find minutes for him, especially when you have a team that's packing the paint like that and then you have a secondary center that's a glass eater like a Taj Gibson. Like, you can't play treads against everybody's secondary center. Like, you just can't. You literally can't. And we all see that. So I hope that that's something that tre- that that Frank looks at, understands, and don't make that mistake in the playoffs, for real. And, you know, going forward, make that adjustment. Make those in-game adjustments. Okay, Trez, this is not your night. It's, it's fine. We're not, you're not getting a DMP or whatever right now, but it's not your night. I'm going to play Mark tonight. You know what I'm saying? We had you in. It didn't work. This guy's eating you up, you know what I'm saying, or whatever the case may be, however the hell he talked to him. And we're going to play Mark for a little bit. He played Mark for like five minutes, bro, and then put Trez right back in. And the same thing continues to happen. They getting rebounds. They shooting over Trez. You have the the solution right there, at least at least a little bit of a solution, right? So that game was annoying, and you know Julius Randle Julius Randle had a good game. He did. He's making some tough shots, but you can't give you know. I think that Randle's a good player, but you can't really give him that much that much opportunity the way they was giving him. Like they did make him make some tough shots, but it was like damn. And then also you have Alfred Payton with 18 points. You can't give that to him. Uh Uh-uh. So our defense wasn't the same. I think that they kind of took us out of the game. They took us out of our game plan and long shots. It was just a game that we just came out flat and we lost. Period, point blank, we lost. So we'll get them next time. They come to a staples. We got another game against them. Well, hopefully we can go ahead and split the season series. Now, moving forward, we go ahead and go to the Charlotte Hornets game. Um, that was another game where, so at this point now, let me let me go back. At this point now, Keith's hurt. I didn't know Keith was going to be hurt. I don't think Mark played in that game either. I don't think he played in that game. I'm not sure if he was hurt or not. But he didn't play in that game either, but it was fine. The Hornets gave us a run for our money. They gave us a run for our money. The Martin Twins, man, they they were shooting playing free, just doing whatever. I don't even know who the hell the Martin Twins was like that. Like, I've heard them before, but I never watched them play. But it was so many players on a Hornets team, but I didn't even know who the hell they were. I was just like, who? Who did what? Who? Who is that? <laughs> who is that? No disrespect. But it was a bunch of people that I didn't know, and they was giving us a run for our money, bro. Like, those are the games where we obviously are better than that team. Our role players are obviously better. And we gave them we gave them, you know, a chance at it. We gave them a whack at it. Caruso hit some clutch clutch shots. Trez didn't have a zero point game. He did his thing. He wasn't as efficient as he normally is, but you know, teams are playing him differently. They're defending the Lakers differently. They're trying to pack the paint with Andre and Trez. Um Charlotte didn't do it as much as New York. Charlotte went more so into a zone. And the Lakers failed to get the ball in the middle of the zone to break the zone. And if they would have continued to get the ball in the middle of the zone to break the zone and hit their shots, then Charlotte would have came out of the zone. But we didn't do that. 
Ben McLemore didn't have the greatest game, but again, I think he needs his touches to get warmed up, and he's streaky. Um, he had a few fouls, and that that hurt him also. And uh, that was a game that we won as we should have. It wasn't a win in my liking. Liking it wasn't a very clean win, but nevertheless, a win is a win, right? We're gonna take it. We're going to take it. Um, we don't. We can't afford to lose any more games. We gotta keep rolling until we get our our stars back, and hopefully we can AD back soon. But you know that next game, it was really really winnable, man. It was. And I believe we went four and three on this road trip. And it, it could have been worse. It could have been worse. So I'll take four and three. We went, you know, we went above five hundred. I'll take four and three on this road trip. I mean, really, we could have really went five and two if we would have locked in and played our game. And Frank wouldn't made them dumb rotations against the Knicks. But whatever, it's fine. <laughs> it's all good. I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let that ride. But so now we got the Celtics coming in tomorrow, and um, fans will be in attendance. To all my Laker fans out there that's going to be at this game, make sure you guys are loud and cheering our team on. And, you know, being that six-man out there, make sure we get that win against the Seas. Y'all know how we feel about that team, so we got to get that win. And um, I know that y'all support is going to help our team so much because they haven't had it in a while. And um, let's do it, man. Let's do it. I definitely wish I can go to a game. But those tickets, man, I looked at those tickets. I was like, ooh, ooh. I ain't going to be able to do that. Ooh, no, 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 no. One day, <laughs> one day, hopefully when they go back to normal, then I can I can slide in the game. But right now, that thing is spiked up. But um, like I said, to so everybody that's going to the game, and make sure y'all loud and proud. And uh, y'all know we're going to be at home here ch- cheering for them also. So that's going to do it for this episode of Lake Around Podcast. Make sure you go ahead and follow me on all of my social media platforms. Have a good night. I'm out.